0: I'm your host Darren and today we're going to be talking about Planet Earth from Planet Earth recorded on the 19th of November 2004 at Paisley Park on Planet Earth Uh, released on the 15th of July 2007 by making you buy a newspaper you didn't want to buy Uh, (laughs) on the track. It is Prince, Michael B, Sonny T, Shelby J, although the credits for this album are a little bit hard to come by in terms of who was actually on it. Um, so there might be involvement from Marva King, Bria Valente or the Twins because those people were kind of working with Prince at this time. Uh, but like I said, Planet Earth, the album was given away with um, various different newspapers. And so the, all you had was basically just a card sleeve and no, not even a track listing uh i don't think at the time so um people <laughs> just had to kind of figure it out i think when i put mine on itunes it finally told me what the names of the tracks were and i was like oh well that's what these are called then <laughs> the track is five minutes 51 and joining me to talk about today is ollie brady hello ollie hey
1: darren um and don't think i'm gonna let it slip that you just went planet earth from the album planet earth recorded a busy part on planet earth you can't you can't slip that sort of uh sort of <laughs> high quality pun in Without expecting it to get, to get a mention.
0: Uh, well, like I said, this was distributed in a very unusual way. Um, over here, it was given away uh, as a cover mount with the Mail on Sunday, uh, a newspaper which I hate from the very bottom of my soul. <laughs> and so it pained me very much to buy two copies of this, one of which I still have sealed in the bag it came in um, for the last like, 12, 13 years. Um, and obviously one I opened immediately and threw the newspaper away. Um, But yes, and the funny thing is Prince's decision to distribute it via um, newspapers, because in Europe it was distributed via other newspapers... Um, and he also gave, uh, like, everyone who went to and saw him at the 21 nights that he did in London at the uh, the O2, every single person who bought a ticket also got a copy of this album for free as well. So uh, there were some people who, and also then when he toured in America, he started giving it away there as well. So there were some people who, who own five, six copies of this album. Why um, Why
1: the Daily Mail, do you think, Darren? And for people who don't know, the Daily Mail is a shit newspaper for people
0: i think what it was was prince basically went to different newspaper groups and was like i have a brand new album uh if you pay me a certain amount of money you can have the album and i'm not going to release it any other way it'll just be available through your newspaper and yeah. that will be it wow and and so I, I i mean there were various reports of how big the deal was but he got somewhere about four or five million uh dollars for the for the for the distribution and you know the, the mail on sunday was sold in hmv for the first time ever <laughs> and like hmv basically had to buy in like newspaper stands so they could put these newspapers on there so they could sell them uh, i didn't get mine from hmv i think i went to my local sainsbury's which was closer so i just went to the sainsbury's and you know got two copies and went um but yeah so like prince had already released the single guitar before the album came out um, and he released a few more singles after this, um, one in, including one called Future Baby Mama, which won him a Grammy, and that was his last ever Grammy win. In um,
1: 2005?
0: In 2008. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but he'd, he'd won a Golden Globe the year before for the song that he did for Happy Feet, Yeah. Uh, called The Song of the Heart. So th- those were like the last few awards that Prince won. Um, but due to the way that this was distributed, um, once again, Billboard had a problem, because... Uh, when Prince released Musicology, he gave copies away with everybody who bought, a, a, you know, one for his tour. And so that meant that that album immediately went to number one because he'd sold, you know, a quarter of a million copies in one day. And so Billboard were like, well, you can't do that. And Prince was like, show me where it says in the rule book that you can't do that. And they said, well, actually, no, it's not there, is it? So they reluctantly let him have a number one album out of that. And then he did the same thing here where he was like, I've distributed it via these newspapers. I've sold, you know, quarter of a million copies in one day. And billboard said, well, you can't, you can't get onto the charts with that. And he was like, can I not? And then <laughs> they realized actually, yeah, he's, he's on the charts because, uh, and it got to number three in the, the billboard top 200. Um, and it got to number one in the billboard top R and B and hip hop albums. Wow. Um, and in both cases, it remained on the charts for a number of weeks. Uh, because obviously, as Prince toured, he gave away more copies, and <laughs> so I I I don't know. It's one of these weird things. He did this again three years later with the album Twenty Ten, where he gave it away with newspapers. But I think by that point, Billboard had rewritten some of the rules. Yeah. So Prince couldn't, you know, get himself an easy number one out of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I the reason he chose the, the mail, I'm guessing, is just because they gave him the, the most, most money, money. Yeah. And you know, that was it. Um, you know, or the the kind of it's it's so weird because like. I don't know, it's just, uh, like, Prince, for some reason... Like, he had a record deal the year before where, you know, 3121 was distributed in the usual manner. Um, And by doing this, um, I think Sony were going to distribute the record in America, and they pulled out of that deal because they were like, you know, we don't, like, it's already been made available for free, essentially. (laughs) Like, there's no value left in this album. And so they, like, pulled their distribution deal with Prince um and i think like there was another record company that would do to, to distribute a couple of other albums for him and they also pulled their deal and you know so i don't know it's just it's such a weird move but in the end it made him a ton of money you know um he did the 21 nights at the O two 2 later on in the year and that was you know that made him a lot of money as well um you know so he at this point you know he was able to kind of I mean, like his touring in 2007 wasn't that kind of, um, you know, intense. So he was able to kind of take most of the year off and just, you know, do this residency in London for, you know, three weeks. And then, you know, that was it. That was all his that was as busy as he was for the year. Um, And it's worth noting as well that the, the 21 nights also included an after show every single night. So it was actually 42 like separate shows that he performed in the space of like three weeks yeah
1: i remember uh at the time when prince was doing his residency that there was a, a there was almost like a sentiment that he'd been away for a while and uh, people were because he'd been releasing albums quietly or much more quietly and music musicology had been out a couple of years at this stage i think and yeah um and we're like so musicology was really well received it's a really good album and but people were like, oh, so it's his first proper set of gigs in a long time or whatever. And there was a little bit of trepidation as to whether he'd be able to pull it off. But then I remember reading about it and hearing about it. And like literally every single one of the concert was received as like, this is mind blowing. Like, I can't believe this guy is, <laughs> is able to perform to this standard day in, day out
0: and um, and also like you know after he finished that he released like a live album of the kind of the the thing and like a, a hardback book with you know kind of pictures from his time there and um you know it was just it was quite you know it was quite a big deal um and i, I don't know it's it's just one of those weird things where it's like you know just the i mean he he played Wembley i think in 88 when he did the Love Sexy tour and he sold out like eight nights in a row yeah um, and that was like the longest anyone had sold out at Wembley. Um, I think until it was knocked down. I think that remained like a record. Nobody had done that many nights in the in one place. And uh, when he like he never toured and did the new Wembley Stadium, but he did kind of tour. And occasionally, even after, you know, uh, 2007, when he came back to London, he would always, uh, you know, play a couple of nights at the O2. Uh, that seemed to be like the venue that he liked. The choice to release this album the way he did was just one of those things that he was like, you know, if I do this. People are going to talk about it and regardless of if they actually go out and buy the newspaper, (laughs) it didn't matter to him. It was like people would be like, what is Prince doing? And that is that's enough for him to kind of get the motivation. He's already got the money. He didn't need the sales. (laughs) So it it was just, you know, a a way to kind of promote it and get get kind of the word of it out there. Hmm. Um, And I think as well, it's a good album. Like, you know, if Prince had chosen to do this with like Raven to the Jury Fantastic, he probably would have turned a bunch of people off. But you know, he actually put a good album out there, um, you know, for free for people. I mean, for me, obviously, it cost me money because I was buying a newspaper I didn't want to read. Um, but for most people, if they were already buying the Mail on Sunday and it's worth saying as well, the sales for Mail on Sunday spiked that Sunday. Mm. Like it had its best like sales on a Sunday for like decades. And, you know, it, that was mostly down to Prince fans going out there and buying at least two or three copies of the of that newspaper. Um, you know, and I don't think most of them would have even bothered reading it. I know I certainly <laughs> didn't. Um, um but yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't think I've ever heard this album I and mean, we haven't really talked much about the actual song, but uh uh I really like this song. <laughs> I'd never yeah. heard it until today. Uh Darren sent me a link and I was like, I'm gonna give this uh, gonna give this a listen this old planet. Oh, oh a little bit of rock. <laughs>
0: oh, I get what we're going on
1: here. This is I'm liking this.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird because like if I was to pick a genre, I would say that this is like a um, I know it's it's Prince doing like a rock ballad, but he's done this a few times before with stuff like, um, you know, uh, I I would say like um, three chains of gold and stuff like this. Like he's like this kind of like a multi part song where it starts out with Prince and the piano. And then he kind of brings the guitar in and then, you know, he kind of starts double tracking his voice. And then, you know, he has like a a kind of a a really long guitar solo (laughs) thrown in there. Um, And but then also there's this kind of very religious kind of message under under the whole thing. It's very religious. Um, His kingdom. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so there's some of that, but then like towards the end, where he's like, you know, imagine sending your firstborn off to war. It's like, like I don't. This is you know, this is the end of kind of like George Bush's second term. So there's a little bit of that kind of political stuff, which Prince has done on the last couple of albums as well. You know, there's been little hints about him talking about what are they, what are people fighting for? You know, why why are we doing this war? What's going on? Like he's never explicitly said where the war is or anything like that. But just the sentiment of it doesn't make any sense to go to war, uh, which still fits with his, you know, whole Jehovah's Witness thing as well. It's not like Jehovah's Witnesses are known for endorsing, you know, invasions of other countries. Um, You know, they're they're known to be fairly, you know, kind of peaceful. Um, uh, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, well, that's I mean, obviously with each album, the first track, I always like to talk about, you know, the release of the album and, you know, how successful it was. So. Uh, but you know, let's actually talk about the title track, which, you know, Prince has gone with the opening track for, um, you know, and I, I mean, I kind of like this, uh, I don't know, this weird thing of like, imagine holding planet earth in the palm of your hand with no regard for your place of birth or claim to any land. I mean, it's like the most kind of like left wing thing I think Prince has ever said of like, it doesn't matter where you're born. Um, you know, and no one has any claim to any of the land. Um, I feel like there are certain people in America at this moment who would disagree with this idea and who would um, insist on kind of, uh, you know, hemming people into certain places. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, like, I like kind of this... I, don't know, I like the way Prince sings this as well because he kind of, in his falsetto at the start, um, and then when we kind of get to the chorus, he, you know, he goes into his lower register when he double tracks his voice. Um, you know, it's just, a, you know, a nice bit of production. Um, and also, you know, it's the return of um, you know Michael Bland and Sonny T, who were in the New Power Generation um, in like the early nineties. So it's it's I don't know been what fourteen, fifteen years since they were last on a record with Prince. Um, and I think you can kind of tell. I always like Michael Bland's drums. He's probably my favorite drummer out of Prince's yeah, drummers.
1: It's good. It's good. Um, it's good quality drum track. It starts, it starts slow, and it starts low, and then it builds up, and then it hits a crescendo halfway through the course. On the bit where he yeah. goes, Planet Earth must now come into balance with the one. And the drum strike yeah. on the
0: one is like. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, as well, that, like, I mean, you know, Michael Michael V is known for having this kind of very muscular drum sound. Mm. And so, like, the fact that it starts out as this kind of piano ballad, and then once the chorus comes in, you have, like, the hit of the drums. It, like, the whole atmosphere of the song completely changes. Right.
1: So, Darren, I was saying um... this to you before we started, right? So, um, this was released in 2007. The album I'm yep. about to talk about was released in two thousand and four, uh, around about you know, around about the time that Prince was recording this, right? So there's an album by a band called Alter Bridge. I'm not a massive Alter Bridge fan. I just happened to notice but it's An album called One Day Remains, and as I was listening to this Prince, on, I was like, this could literally be inserted into One Day Remains. Um, I could even put a place for it, like like if you put it after the title track, One Day Remains. And um, and burn it down as the next track, like this would fit perfectly between those. And if it wasn't for the fact that we've got much better singer in Prince than the lead singer of Motor Bridge, whose name I always forget, but if it wasn't for that, it genuinely would fit perfectly into that album. And that like that was a huge, big, successful album. They've gone on to have four or five albums since, and they're they're big in that post-grunge kind of. Aggressive rock almost um sound like and prince did this as a one-off track um you know like i i don't think there's any other tracks like this on the album because i was listening to a little bit of planet earth this morning i, I don't think anything else really sounds like this on it like yeah. wow like you managed to do a, a track which is as good as what Alter bridge are doing and i said they are they're a very successful band in that genre it's like Brilliant. Good on you, buddy.
0: I believe the lead singer of Alter Bridge, his name is not Scott Staff. I believe that's what he legally changed his name to. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah. I get you, yeah.
0: So, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there are parts where, because of the lyrics, it does start to verge a little tiny bit towards Christian rock. Mm. Um, And I think the chorus is kind of like the most Christian rocky part of it, um, where, you know, they're kind of just like the countless bodies that revolve around the sun. Planet Earth must now come into balance with the one... That all caused it to be, then we'll see his kingdom come, <laughs> so shall it be written, so shall it be sung. I mean, you know, that that's something that I can kind of imagine seeing on the God Channel where you've got like uh, one of those churches where they have a rock band playing and the drummer's always behind like a plastic shield because uh, they don't want to rock too hard in church. <laughs> um but yeah, like I don't know, it's it does start a ver- but then the thing is, you know, the he kind of just gets a bit more general with the you know, imagine you could rid the earth of anyone you choose. Which ones would you need the most? Which ones would you lose? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's uh, that's actually a bit of a dark sentiment because it it feels like Prince is turning into Thanos there a lot. It does,
1: and then the 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 verse after that, imagine sending your firstborn off to fight a war. There's a change in how he sings that like right so i'm i anyone who's listened to me on this before knows that i don't know a lot of musical terms right but um there's a change in prince's cadence for that last verse and it it becomes almost like it's not a sinister song but it's like like a vaguely sinister um like this vaguely like imagine you could do it's like why is he slowed down why does he do this before he hits bang in with the chorus twice at the end and it, it's very affecting because there's so much instrumentation in the course that it could overpower everything and then to have this at the end like what are you fighting for take it home will will these people still be poor Like, and you're like oh, yeah Like, actually I get this yeah like it's really hitting home before buying in with the uh, two like I think it's two or three versions of the course then
0: yeah and also he says you know pray for peace right now and forever more yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's like if you don't want people going off to war, pray for peace. Hmm. I don't think that's very effective as a tactic. I feel like maybe <laughs> electing people who aren't warmongers would be better, but Prince was never known for using the ballot box when he felt that praying for stuff would work instead um but yeah i don't know i mean i like uh, the, the kind of you know the sentiments in here of you know 50 years from now what will they say about us you know did we care for the water and the fragile atmosphere <laughs> like that's that's 12 years ago and that is prince kind of singing about climate change um you know which comes a couple of years after he did a song called sst which was you know used to raise money for hurricane katrina so you know, it's not like it hadn't been the first time where he's kind of touched on these issues of, you know, what's going on with the, you know, the world's atmosphere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think the weird thing is for the rest, like the if you look at the album cover for Planet Earth, which is obviously Prince and, you know, photoshopped onto some kind of, you know, Planet Earth uh, in front of him with some kind of, I don't know, mystical, magical stuff behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one of my favourite Prince covers, but not one of the worst. Let's put it like that. It's a, it, um, is
1: a, it is a strange cover. It looks
0: fan made. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the album covers after this point look fan made. <laughs> and they most likely were made by a fan who worked directly for Prince or Prince and, who uh, just learned how to use Photoshop. Yeah, well, I don't think he ever went that far. I think he was he was of the generation who couldn't learn Photoshop, mm. um, you know. So he just trusted someone to do it for him. Um, but you know, it gives you the idea that maybe this is going to be a concept album. Like here is a picture of planet Earth. The title tracks called Planet Earth. And you're like, well, maybe this whole thing is going to be related to, uh, I don't know, climate change or, you know, something kind of bigger. Um, but then the next track is guitar and he just sings about loving his guitar and <laughs> immediately you're like, oh, so we're not. But then, you know, there's track's called Somewhere Here on Earth and All the Midnights in the World. Uh, and you feel like, oh, maybe there was a theme he was trying to hit. Um, but I don't think I mean, you know, of Judah is like the most religious song on this album. And that kind of echoes some of the thoughts of Planet Earth. But you know, it doesn't. It doesn't really. I mean, uh, let's put it like this: Prince is ballsy enough to call the final song of this album "Resolution," which is like <laughs> <laughs> he could have just called it "Last Song on This Album." Like it's, you know, it's one step away from that. So, but to me, it like it always felt when I got the album, I was like, "Is the like is this meant to be like a concept? Is there meant to be something bigger going on?" Um But I think it's just a, you know a series of really good songs. So you know he never kind of ties it together but with this title track because it is kind of a little multi-part you know you have the piano stuff you have the guitar stuff you kind of have the change of tone towards the end a little bit it just feels i mean it's almost six minutes and it does kind of feel like a very big kind of statement at the front of the album where he's like you know we don't want to send people off to war and we don't want to destroy the planet (laughs) you know like let's pray for both of those things to be fixed which i don't think is going to help us but you know at least he's kind of pushing himself towards a direction and given kind of a slightly bigger message, um, you know. And that something that I you know I mean thirty one twenty one was a fun enough album, but it's not my favorite. Uh, and and I think there's a lack of kind of it's 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 you know there's a few kind of party songs on there, but there's not really a, a kind of a theme. Uh, and I think that this is probably the first time in a few years where Prince has kind of had an overarching theme. Yeah, something to. It's not something to yeah, hang all a, of the songs on. Yeah, and I I think this is kind of like a really strong opener um, and kind of lays out what Prince is going to be doing, you know, for the next nine songs. Um, and, you know, the fact that he has, like, such a big guitar solo as well towards the end, hmm. and then he immediately goes into a song called Guitar, which is like 50% guitar solo. I think that's kind of interesting because it, that, that, it kind of suggests that he's put, you know, the track order makes some kind of sense, um, you know, which... Uh, Thirty-one, twenty-one. I don't think the track order for that ever made any sense to me.
1: One um, one thing about the the guitar solo is, um, it just reminds you that Prince is really, really good on the guitar. Like yeah, it's it's he's a consummate guitar player. It's 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 tidy, it's tight, and everything feels like he knows exactly what he's gonna bring out of that machine.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, immediately goes straight into a song called guitar. So it's like, you're left in no doubt after these first couple of songs, Prince will playing guitar. So, um, but the fact that he starts off with this kind of quiet piano as well at the beginning, it's like, it's not just, he's not just going to kind of come out there and shred a guitar. He's going to, you know, take you on a bit of a journey in the song. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say it's a really strong opener. And it's probably like, in terms of like title tracks on albums, like I think Musicology is probably about as good as Planet Earth. Um, Thirty I'm not a fan of that track. Um so I think this is probably better than thirty one twenty one. So I'd say for me probably about a four out of five.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm gonna give this a four out of five as well. Only heard it for the first time today, will have no doubt that I'm gonna be listening to it again this evening. In fact, as soon as I'm finished off this, I'm probably gonna listen to the entire album because I at the time I was twenty two or twenty three, I wasn't in a Prince kick, I was in a mad Jeff Buckley, I think at that stage kind of phase (laughs) and um yeah, so I, I'm going to give the the entire album a listen and, and see see what I think of it. So, yeah, I liked it. Four
0: and and the, Very good. The, the funny thing is, as well, is um, the estate have just reissued uh, this album and 3121 and Musicology on vinyl and CD. Um, so, you know, if people hadn't owned them before, uh, there is now an opportunity to get them for a reasonable price because, you know, basically those three albums have gone out of print. And so if you tried to buy them on, like, Amazon or something, they were going to cost you, like, 50, 60 quid. So now they're back out, and they're, you know, remastered and done for a decent price, basically. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: You know, Prince only ever performed this song in the O2 arena, which sounds weird to say, but basically the first time he performed it was the 1st of August 2007. Um, You know, it was uh, the first encore out of three encores. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ah, Prince. (laughs) Yeah, he, he'd, uh, he'd finished with guitar and then he came back out and did this and then he went back home and then came back out for two more encores after that. Um, you know, finishing with the song Sexy Dancer, which is such a weird song for him to finish with. Yeah. He, he integrated La Freak into that as well and also a couple of other songs. It was like a bit of a medley at the end anyway. Um, but yeah, so that was the first performance, was on the, the 1st of August 2007. And then the final performance Uh, was the 7th of September 2007 uh, at an after show party um, at what was called the Indigo 2, because that's how Prince um, styled it. Um, And it was the it was the opener uh, after Stratus, which is a song by Billy Cobham um, to the to the second half. Um, and actually, Prince followed it up with guitar and then Somewhere Here on Earth and then the one you want to see. So it was like a little run of uh, songs from planet Earth. Mm. Um, and that was the last time he performed it. And then he never performed it again, um, which, you know, typical of Prince. He'll perform whatever's on the album when the album's out and then he'll move he'll on move as on. soon as the yeah. next album's released.
1: He got new so, stuff.
0: Yeah, but I just I love the fact that he basically only ever performed this song live in London at the O2. <laughs> that was that was it. There was there was no there was no other places to perform it. Uh, it was just at those places, and it's worth saying as well that final performance was like an after show, so it didn't start until half eleven. Um, so Prince went on till about two in the morning. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know. Just I don't know. Part part of what Prince uh, part of what Prince did anyway um so anyway this is you know we're starting what is prince's i don't know what worry what we're on now like 33rd album something like that <laughs> you know um so yeah, you need, uh, he I, needed I, you know, to
1: have been more prolific darren like what was he doing yeah
0: he well i mean you know he takes the next year off that's the thing as well so but yeah i feel like we said about as much as we can about planet earth yeah. the opening track Not the entire album. We still have nine more episodes to cover that. Uh, So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Ollie?
1: Yeah, I have uh, two podcasts. I do one called Best Acquaintances with My Best Friend Emily, where we interview people that we know from the internet. So people we've met in Facebook groups, people we've met um, online who are sharing similar interests to us. And what we do is we give them a Skype call and we, we have a chat with them. So Darren has been on the podcast, and it was a really good episode, and I recommend it. And then the other one is uh, called Media Evil, where myself and my friend Sarah Ifdecker, she's um, a historian, uh, a medieval specialist. In fact, she's a PhD in medieval history. And we watch movies and read books and watch TV shows that are set in the medieval period. And then she rips them a new one because all of them are as inaccurate as it's humanly possible to get most of the time. And I sit there and go, where he stabs him in the face. Uh, and then I put on I put on a Jason Statham accent sometimes to do it especially if we're doing a King Arthur one he stabs him in the face <laughs> and, um, and yeah and it's, it's a lot of fun it's a really good podcast if you listen to her you're going to learn a hell of a lot and if you listen to me you're going to hear me going Stabbed him in the face and it's great so um, yeah Medieval and Best Acquaintances and both of them have Facebook groups so you can just like look for it on Facebook
0: and jump in and join in there's lots of chat there and it's it's a good time for everybody and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Drive by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTripeByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Ollie.
1: Oh, absolute pleasure, Darren. I can't wait to come back. In fact, and I'm other- going to make a request. I want to come back and talk about songs sung by other people that
0: Prince wrote. <laughs> okay. And otherwise, goodbye. We goodbye.